podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studio in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to the Coaching Youth Hoops Podcast. They're playing basketball. 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 Here's our hosts. Steve Collins, Steve Collins, and Bill Flitter. Bill Flitter. Hello, coaches, and welcome to another episode of Coaching Youth Hoops. I am your coach, Coach Bill Flitter. Today we have a uh, special guest, Sam Wanuski. He is a coach at South. East Arkansas. Coach Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And uh, please introduce your your dog behind you. Who's that? Yeah, this is Sissy. She's about three years old. She's a good one. Awesome. Uh, How big is Sissy? Sissy looks like she's got a good size to her. She's about medium size. I don't know. 20 pounds or so. Oh, okay. All right. All right. There she goes. She she wants to uh, get some... uh, on time, uh, air time, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, Coach Sam, tell us a little bit about your coaching journey. Uh, I know it started in California and now in your, you're in Arkansas several years later. So fill in the gap. Give us, give us what, uh, tell us what you're doing now. Yeah, I'll try to not bore your audience too, too long here. I've been at a lot of different places. You know, I played at Chico State Division II school in Northern California. And uh, like most coaches, I realized Pretty soon I wasn't going to be going to the NBA and I had to get into something that I loved. And so yeah. that took me on this coaching path. And uh, I was a grad assistant at an NAI school, Concordia, Nebraska, you know, wanted to get to division one real badly, really networked and got on at Southern Miss as a grad assistant my second year. Coach Eustacey was the head coach there. He got the head job at Colorado State, took me with them. I was able to move up to the video coordinator spot over there. Um, was with him for one year, back-to-back years with him. We went to the NCAA tournament, which was real exciting. And uh, assistant over there, Nico Medved, uh, who's now the current head coach at Colorado State, but at the time was an assistant, got the head job at Furman, and I went with him as the director of operations. And so I did that for a year, um, but I really kind of, to be honest, got tired of kind of doing administrative stuff. And so Mm. really wanted to get into more coaching, recruiting, and that kind of led me down to the uh, junior college path. And so I kind of bounced around a lot of different junior colleges. I'll just kind of ring them out real quick. I was at Vincennes in Indiana, Midland in Texas, Tallahassee, Florida, uh, Seward in Kansas. And then most recently, I spent the last three years in Dyersburg, Tennessee. And then that coach got the head job over here at Southeast Arkansas. And I followed him over here. And uh, most recently, um, you know, we are a new athletics program. And so I came here as the boys assistant, but as of about a month and a half ago, I also was able to get the women's head coaching job over here. So I'll be doing double duty as the men's assistant and uh, the new women's head coach over here. Holy cow. I didn't realize you're going to be doing double duty. So until the program starts or how does that work at 
Uh, are you going to be able to sleep? I mean, what's the story here, Sam? Yeah, no, um, you know, we'll we'll see how long it goes for, but uh, oh. I'm planning to do both until uh, they tell me I can't do it anymore. Um, my head coach and I have been together. Like I said, this will be our fourth year. Yeah. So we've got a real good kind of understanding of, of both of our, you know, how we work. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to be kind of a first year head coach and it'll be my first year on the women's side. My, my, high priority right now is to eventually find a women's assistant coach to help me out with the, you know, recruiting women since obviously that hasn't been where most of my experience has been, but hopefully once I get a good assistant in, that'll kind of ease off some of the uh, pressure of coaching and, and recruiting on that side. And yeah. um, it'll definitely be a hard task, but uh, I'm excited for it. Well, good luck with that coach. That sounds uh, very exciting to take over and I can add that to your long resume. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, and and I think you left out one thing, which is, uh, you know, you've been helping us out as well. You've been drawing up some amazing plays. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, you'll be seeing those uh, shortly. We haven't uh, haven't made those public, but the work you've been doing to help youth coaches uh, has been absolutely uh, amazing. And we really appreciate your level of thinking, uh, bringing that down to the youth level. Absolutely. Yeah. With not having a season, I had to stay busy doing something. So I've enjoyed doing it. Oh, good. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, and today we're going to talk about uh, creating your team's identity. Now, you got a blank slate, really, because, you know, first year uh, women's program hasn't there. There is no tradition. Right. So you're you're really at the ground level and kind of want to I want to understand from your perspective, what does that even mean? Creating the identity you're talking about? Yeah, creating about? A, yeah, creating the identity. And of course, you know, maybe break that down from your level at the at the college level. And then let's talk about the high school level and then even at a grade school level. Cause I think there are they you obviously at the high school and college level you can create an identity, but definitely at the grade school level. I mean, we do it now, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So, you know, I've worked for a ton of coaches now in my, you know, somewhat youthful coaching career. Yeah. And so each coach is different. And so you grab something from each one. But what I'll keep kind of referring back to is my two years working for Larry Eustacey. And, you know, when we talk about creating a team identity, sorry, I got my dog in the back. I don't want to. But no to, me, to me, the team identity is about kind of your core principles, your values, your beliefs, uh, and the specific aspects of the game that you feel are most valuable. And at least at the, you know, college level and even maybe high school level, I think, you you know, you need to ask yourself as a coach, what is the most important aspects that you believe are critical and uh, essential for winning? Now, you know, going down to the lower levels, middle school, you know, junior high, maybe below that, it might not be winning, right? And so mm -hmm. if the most important things are skill development, I think, you know, you can have an identity around that. We're going to be focused around developing our players. We're going to be focused on becoming better shooters, um, becoming better teammates with each other, you know? And so some of those definitely carry over as you get older and uh, can be, you know, uh, used both at, you know, we want to be great teammates at every level, right? right um, yeah. But as we get to the higher levels, um, you know, the focus on winning is obviously a higher importance level. And so I think, you know, like I said, 
looking at kind of as a coach and, and really looking in the mirror. If you're a high school coach and you have other assistants that you can confide in and, you know, at the beginning of the season talking and figuring out what is going to be the most important, you know, I think three at maximum four things that we're going to really focus on and preach to our guys on a daily basis. Um, you know, I think about that saying, if you try to be great at everything, you'll be good at nothing. Right. And I right. think yeah. a lot of coaches, especially maybe young coaches, you know, each day it's something different that they're preaching to their players. And next thing you know, even if you are a real smart coach and you know a lot, uh, it's not about what you know, it's about what you can get your players to know. And so a lot of players will get overwhelmed with so many different things that you're throwing at them. Uh, one day we're talking defense, the next we're talking offense. Uh, we're in a timeout and you're yelling at them for not crashing. The next time you're yelling at them for a turn and it's, it can be overwhelming, you know? Yeah. And so I think creating a team identity where the players really understand what's expected from their coach. And again, I think three is kind of the number that I like personally um, that way, you know, it's, it's something tangible. It's something that you, you know, it's more than one, but not an overwhelming amount. And so I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll use again, kind of the example with Larry Eustacey. Uh, for those that don't know, I think he was the 2001 coach of the year at Iowa State. Um, and I worked for him for two years, but he would always talk about his kind of three core principles and our identity. And that was defend, rebound, and then team together. Mm, and so I mm -hmm. think having kind of two, you know, basketball related things, whether it's your offense, your out of bounds plays, your press defense, uh, whatever, two, three basketball things, and then having a kind of cognitive mentality thing, whether it's, hey, positive attitude, we're going to bring energy every day, um, whatever kind of mentality aspect you bring, and I think it's a good additional one to bring. But those were our key uh, key three that we constantly talked about was defend, rebound, team together. And so it, it, it does that, uh, and, and, you know, okay, well, we talked about this off here, which is, you know, at, at the college level, you can recruit for someone to be great rebounders and defenders, right? Now, hopefully they're all, no matter who you recruit, if it's at the, or who you have on your team, they're great teammates, right? So, uh, but, you know, at the, so I wanted I want you to talk about that. I'm assuming then when you're recruiting, you're looking at you're looking for those players that are great defenders, great rebounders. And really my true question is does the identity I uh, percolate or are you as the head coach setting the identity and then you know, and what what is that balancing act, and especially at the youth level? Because I get what I get, right? Right. I, th I think it's kind of a combination of both. You know, mm -hmm. I think, you know, kind of to answer your question, you know, yeah, we'd love uh, a player that can do everything, but I'm going to mm -hmm. take a player that can score the ball. And when he gets here, we're going to then input our mentality of defending and rebounding. Okay. Um, and so I think there's a good kind of balance of, of, you know, doing both. I think at the lower levels, and again, it depends on what your core principles are and the things yeah. that you are stressing, right? I mean, like we talked about, you can stress being a great teammate uh, no matter what age that they are at. Yeah. Um, so I think it just kind of depends. But I think, 
you know, you, at a, a situation where you get what you get, it, it needs to be a balance of, okay, our team is full of great shooters. So maybe this year we're going to really talk about being the best offensive team, you know, that we can be, mm, yeah. um, you know, our team, but at the same time, one of my principles is, uh, you know, our one, three, one defense. So, okay, we're going to take our strength that we have, which is shooting, but I'm also going to implement my defense, which is my one, three, one. And I'm going to make sure that they also understand this is part of our identity as well, you know? And so, and then maybe on the other side, another year you look and you've got all great athletes. Okay. We're really going to become the best defensive team and uh, maybe shooting's not going to be talked about as much. So I think um, at the lower levels where you don't, you know, have as much ability to pick and choose your players, you know, you have what you have. I think you can't be so stubborn and hard headed in your ways. I think you have to look at what you have and then kind of adjust to it. But I think what's important coach is that, what you do kind of, you know, go with, you you try to stick with at least throughout the year, you know, mm -hmm. and obviously, you know, your team strengths might change and you might recognize some things here and there, but I think it can be a mistake for coaches to say, Hey, we're going to be a, you know, run and jump press team. And then you get halfway through and now uh, we're going to, we're going to be a two, three zone team. Mm -hmm. You know, I think mm -hmm. that can create, you know, issues, you know, I'm all about making adjustments, but if your players are unsure about kind of where you stand on certain things and, and they don't believe you're confident in what you're teaching them, you're going to start losing them, you know, and uh, players buying in is, is almost half the battle in itself, whether you're hundred percent right in what you're teaching or, you know, you're not, uh, if you're getting them to buy in and you fully believe in what you're teaching, I think that goes a long way with getting a lot out of the players. Well, how do you know? Let's talk about both ways. Uh, what are signs of that? What are signs that the players are buying in, and then vice versa? I think probably the um, the negative is probably might be more obvious, but I don't know. In your opinion, what? How do you know when they're when you have buy in? What gets you excited? Like, yeah, you know. It's yeah, that's through. a good. It's a good question, and. and I've got kind of four little points here. I'll jump through yeah. and then it'll, it'll re, kind of relay into your question here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once you figure out what is most important, I think you need to talk about it, obviously, constantly. Bring it up at the beginning of the year. Defend rebound team together, guys. This is what we're about. You need to then be working on it in practice on a daily basis. It's one thing to say we're about defense, but if 80% of your practice is working on offense and shooting, the two aren't correlating yeah. and players will recognize that. Then you need to back it up with your own actions. And I think, you know, this might be more of kind of that third aspect of, you know, team together or positive attitude. But if myself as a coach is preaching being positive and then I'm always berating a player, I'm not showcasing what I'm, I'm trying to get my players to do. So you need to back it up with your own actions as a coach. And then this will kind of lead into your point the fourth thing I kind of got written down is reflection and getting mm. feedback from your players. And so I think at the end of a practice, Hey guys, how do you, how do you guys think we did today? And if we're always talking about defense and rebounding and, you know, little Johnny wants to say he needs to work on his ball handling. Yes, I agree, Johnny, that, that it's, you know, might be true, but we might not be on the same page. And, uh, 
you know, I think asking, hey, how do you guys think we did rebounding today is a good question. Um, I've got a quick kind of story for you that I think also really hits the nail right here. Um, Really made me think of this as you asked this. But when I was at Southern Miss, we lost to Memphis. This was the year they had Will Barton over there. I think he's still in the league, maybe playing for Denver still. Uh, But anyways, we lost. And after the game, our player got interviewed, you know, newspaper or maybe it was even a radio talk show and said, you know, what what could you guys have done better? What went wrong? You know, how could you guys have played better? And he talked about missing shots. They need to shoot better. You know, they just weren't shooting well. They didn't shoot well that game, which seems completely normal. It's a very generic answer. You you hear it all the time on ESPN. Right, yeah. You know, something that's not unfamiliar. Well, the next day, and we had practiced at, I think, 6 a.m. every day over there. Mm-hmm. But uh, so about 6 a.m. and we would meet before practice. We'd watch film or just talk for 15, 20 minutes in the meeting room. And the very first thing that Coach Stacy talked about, he called out that player in front of the whole team. And he said, he basically said, what, what are you talking about here? I heard you on the radio. I saw you in the newspaper. And you want to talk about missing shots. And he said, I've never once talked about we're losing these games because we're missing shots. And so he kind of made it real clear right there mm-hmm. that, you know, the players should be thinking about defending, rebounding, and playing together. And if mm-hmm. after the game he's talking about missing shots, even if it is true, he's not on the same page as the head coach. And so come, you know, come game time, if he's thinking about making shots, he's not thinking like the head coach is thinking about. And so yeah. um, I think, I you know, that kind of answers your question is to see – you know, if the players are understanding and they are on the same page, asking them after a game, hey, guys, how do you think we did? Hey, you know, how how was our rebounding today? And again, I keep using rebounding, defending just to have a consistent basis, sure. but it could yeah, be yeah. anything. Right. If we're all about shooting. Hey, guys, how did we shoot it today? Oh, I didn't get my elbow in, coach. OK, well, at least at least we're talking about the same the same language here. And so I'll always remember that story because it really stuck in my head that this player gave a very generic answer, something that most coaches would have no problem with. But uh, Coach Stacy had a huge problem with it because we're preaching one thing and out of his mouth is something completely different. And he never, ever talked about missing shots, never in a huddle, never after a game, never said, hey, we lost this game because we didn't make enough shots. It was, it was always, we should have played better defense. We should have mm. got more offensive rebounds. And that's how we could have won the game. And so... You can be uh, you can be sure that after that, all the interviews, those players yeah. were talking about defense and rebounding, and uh, whether it was from that talk or not, or just from more buy-in. But they made it, you know, uh, coach made it clear that if you're not thinking like he is, you're not completely bought in to what we're trying to teach. Yeah, and and, and I want to break this down a little bit because this is really relates to what I do, and this again at the grade school level and the high, when I was coaching high school too, is we had an identity and our identity that we established, uh, it was an acronym that we came up with. And I still use it to this day because I think it's really important. Uh, so not, you know, now I have a travel ball uh, team and it's, we bring, we take our identity a step further. And if you, if you've been listening to this podcast for a little bit, you've heard me say this and it, and it's, it's two words, it's red dot. And like I said, it's an acronym. So um, there's 
and it breaks up into two pieces. The first piece is the game on the court, and the second piece is the game in your head, right? And uh, so the first piece, red, um, so red stands for rebounding, efficient scoring, and defense. So the, as a program, those are the three things that we really put an emphasis on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we preach those at the beginning of practice. Um, I do it even in all my camps, you get the red dot award, you get the red dot award after practice. Um, we manifest it as well by placing a red dot at a pressure point between, if you're looking, watching this on video right here, it's a pressure point. So we know that the kids are going to make a mistake, right? So every kid has a red dot before every game, before every practice, they just grab that red dot. Okay, done. Reset. Right. Next play. Right. So that's a kind of a reset button for them. And then the second part of it, the dot part is drive open together. So drive means energy and effort. Okay. Mm -hmm. Open is being coachable and being oh, really at, you know, open to other teammates, other opinions, yeah. et cetera. Right. And then, of course, together is, you know, is together teamwork yeah, and all yeah. of that goes along uh -huh. with it. And so we created that just so one, it was easy, right? Everybody is like, it's the red dot way, right? And everybody, you know, we preach it from third grade up to all our high school players. And that's what we, you know, and again, as I bring on new coaches, what do you work on? Well, it's red, right? Rebound, efficient scoring, defense. And it's all, of course, we, that's all broken down. What do, what does that mean? What is how, what does efficient scoring mean? Right. We're trying to get an and one every time. Right. So we teach that we teach how to do that. Right. Um, and we, you know, we, we never have, we well, I should say never uh, really have really good outside shooters. So we have to be efficient with how, you know, how we score. Right. Sure. So again, it's all, um, and I bring that up to say, you know, it can happen at, you know, you're with your, your, your men and your women at the college level, you know, year round. Right. And, and you can at least have conversations when you're talking with their buy and they're there to play basketball and go to school. Right. Um, at the grade school level, even at the high school level, it's, you know, yes, it's a sport they play. The focus isn't necessarily winning. It's improving as an individual, but at the same time, this identity can be established at whatever level you're at. And my question to you is how do, how does that translate into let's start again at the college level wins and losses. Let's say you have no identity versus an identity, okay? And then all the way let's trickle that all the way down, you think. And maybe it's the same answer, but how do you, you know, we're all about measurement, right? As as coaches and you want to see improvement. So um, how, how can you quantify that? Hey, this is really working. It's really resonating. Does that make sense, coach? Yeah, I think putting, you know, certain goals out there, um, mm -hmm. you know, defensively, you know, we want to hold teams to X amount of points, you know, mm -hmm. from a rebounding standpoint. And obviously I know it's harder to maybe stat some of these games at lower levels, but like our goal was always offensive rebound 50% of our misses mm -hmm. and at mm -hmm. halftime, we'd get a box score and go, I mean, it was quickly easy to figure out for those that yeah. have never done it before. You know, we've, we've, uh, we've got 30 shots up, Well, we need to have 15 rebounds, 15 offensive rebounds gives us 50% offensive rebound percentage. Um, and then, you know, going kind of from there, I think 
players that, you know, players or teams that don't have an identity, I kind of mentioned this, it, it can be, you know, too many things going on at once. And I think players can get overwhelmed by having too many things to think about in the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think regardless of the level, you know, I think you want them focused on, you know, like I said, not, not too many things. And so when it came to defense and rebounding, our players knew that, you know, if they were going to get pulled out of a game for a mistake, it was going to be for one of those reasons. So that allowed them to play freely offensively, right? They miss a shot. Mm. They're not looking over the bench to see if they're going right. to get pulled out, but they give up an offensive rebound. There's a good chance they're going to get pulled out. Mm. On the other hand, you don't have any identity and you're pulling kids out for every single little mistake. And now the player's not, you know, he's just thinking about not making a mistake, you know, yeah, instead of yeah. going out there and playing hard and, uh, you know, maybe putting that emphasis on those one or two things that, you know, he knows are important to you. Um, you know, so I think a lot of that correlates down to, you know, all the different levels. And I think, uh, you know, I guess if I were to try to cater it towards, I think, you know, if you're a high school coach or you're a player, you know, a lot of those principles and core values that you're going to teach those guys, they are going to translate to the college level. Um, And I think it's important for players. I always tell players, especially at the beginning of the year, um, you need to adjust to, you know, your coach. You know, each coach you're going to be with is going to be different. Figure out right away what's important to him or her. Um, And so you might have played for a, a a coach that emphasized rebounding. And obviously that's great if it's in your game now. And this next coach really emphasizes uh, driving the basketball, whatever it might be, right. figure out what's important to him, whether it's right or wrong, that's going to be the best opportunity for you to stay in the game. And uh, and I think as a player, that's going to help you. And as, as a coach mentioning that and make, you know, stressing it to your players, Hey, I know your old coach taught you this and that's great, but what I'm going to be most happy with you about is by doing X, Y, and Z. And, uh, you know, I think once players realize right away that each coach is going to be a little different, if they can kind of adjust to their coach, it's going to help them in the long run. But hopefully that kind of answered your answer in, in yeah. some way. Yeah. Well, and, and you, you're in a unique position right now because uh, you're starting a program, right? Mm-hmm. There's zero players there now, very few, right? And you're starting this women's program at the, at the college. Uh, I, of course, you have your beliefs, right? But have you? Is it pen to paper at this point of saying, okay, this is this is my identity or our team's identity, right? You don't have any. You're out recruiting right now, right? So, is that how you kind of start? <laughs> it's because well, it's very similar to what a what a high school coach or a grade school coach has is they have no idea what their team is going to look like. Right. Yeah. From year to year. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a good point. You know, to be honest with you, my focus is, you know, to go find the best players that I can find. Okay. And then once we get them all here, yeah. we're going to be playing pickup, you know, similar to, I guess, like a high school coach. Yeah. You might know what he has from day one. We're going to be playing pickup. I'm going to give them, you know, just like any kind of open gym, we're going to let them play. And from there, I'm going to really kind of evaluate what we have to work with. And uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I said, if I see that we're a really good shooting team and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try to sure, you know, in my heart, I'd love to be defense rebounding team together, you know, yeah. but again, I think it goes back. If, 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 
if you want to be a good coach, I think not being too stuck in your ways and too stubborn because there's going to be years where you have a real quick team and you need to play quicker. There's going to be years that you have a slower, taller team and playing zone and packing it in is going to be your best strategy. So I think not predetermining it so much. You might have those one or two uh, key elements that you do want to, you know, obviously carry over from year to year. And yeah. if you, you know, you're coaching high school and you get a kid for four years, um, you could have some good carryover of, of certain principles and um, core values that you're teaching. Um, but if, if, you know, you're a middle school coach and, and the sixth graders are moving up to middle school and this will be the first year and maybe only year that you get them, um, I think you need to be really flexible with what you're teaching from an offensive defensive standpoint. And, uh, you know, those other things of playing together, hard work, you know, those should be carried over kind of regardless of, of the, you know, the players that you have. But as far as yeah. the style of play, I think you need to really look at how long are we going to have these guys for and what are their strengths. And then once you figure that out at the beginning, zone in on it and, uh, you know, keep stressing it on a daily basis. And what are some of those early signs that the, you know, you, you, well, what are some early signs that it's working, that the, you, this identity or the identity is coming out or the, you know, what you're preaching, maybe not so much of the, you know, of course you can see it in the stats and, but what do you, what do you look for beyond the stats that, that it's working? I think, you know, players talking amongst each other, you know, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's, it's funny if you're able to just kind of sit back as a coach, sometimes, uh, you know, again, we stressed offensive rebounding, which real quick, if you're teaching rebounding, I always tell coaches teach offensive rebounding because as a byproduct, you'll become great at defensive rebounding. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so I I'd love sitting back sometimes just in the stands and let's say we're, uh, in between some pickup games, the guys are sitting around and you'll hear guys, oh, I got I got four offensive rebounds that game, or you know, oh, you didn't get a rebound on me. And so you can <laughs> see, even though they don't, they might not know that I hear it, yeah. they're talking about it, and and you can see that they're starting to buy in because they're not talking about some crossover that they had, right? And they're talking about rebounding, which is hopefully what I've kind of gotten into their head. Um, so I think it, it just depends, you know. I think, but I do think when players are talking amongst each other, I think that's a really good sign um, using a different example. Maybe we talk about uh, one, two footwork on shooting, you know, mm-hmm. stepping into mm-hmm. your shot every single day and you see your players constantly uh, on their own in the gym, working on those type of, you know, footwork mechanics that we've talked about. I think, you know, we talk about ball handling and I've given them some drills. And again, you're able to get in the gym and you see them working on those drills by themselves um, I think those are great kind of indicators that they're they're picking up on what you're talking about. Being a great teammate, you know, um, you know, are they a player falls down? Are they running over there, picking them up? Are they encouraging them, you know, when they're out of the game? I think those are great indicators. Anything that you can do as a coach and and see the guys without them seeing that you see them right, uh, yeah. is is a great sign because you know that they're doing it genuinely. They're not just doing it to impress you. And so as a coach, you know, try to find ways that you can peek your head into the door, sneak in Uh, at our place. We kind of have an upstairs where I can hang out upstairs. We got a, a, some workout stuff that, you know, we can walk uh, the, 
you know, work out on and I can watch our guys from the top without even them seeing me sometimes. So I enjoy doing that. But, but yeah, I think if you can, you know, see your players talk amongst each other and uh, do the stuff that you've taught them without them knowing that you're watching them, I think are good signs. Yeah, no, that's, uh, no, that's, there's a, that's important. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and something just popped into my head because it comes up often uh, and I hear it, you know, through our groups, I hear it from parents, uh, coaches, whatever, um, kind of now at your level, you're seeing, you're seeing the result of the work that's been done at the lower levels, even starting at a very young level. Uh, walk, it's just maybe just off the top of your head, like, what are the three things you think that, uh, players are lacking today and that needs to be brought it needs to be emphasized a little bit more in high school and even at grade school. Well, I think shooting, you can never have too much shooting. Mm -hmm. um, nowadays, I don't, you know, I don't know everywhere, but it seems like so many gyms have a, a shooting gun. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know your thoughts on that coach, but uh, you know, we didn't have that when I was growing up. I, I didn't mm -hmm. see a shooting gun until I got to college. And now so many high schools have them. Yeah. I think it's a shame that there's not more time spent on them. I think if you're a high school kid, you should be begging your coach to get into the gym before school starts, live on the shooting gun. You're able to get up 10, 20 times more shots than players could back in the day when they had to go chase down their rebounds. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing is, you know, playing if this, I guess applies more to younger players, yeah. sixth, seventh, eighth grade play with older players, I think, as much as possible. Mm. And mm. I think that's not done enough nowadays. You know, growing up, I played with older players all the time. Number one, it it's it's you don't want to lose because you lose in a pickup game. It might take you a while to get back in. You're playing with older players, and so you don't want to turn the ball over or you might not get the ball again. Yeah, You don't want to take a bad shot or you're going to hear about it and you might not get the ball again. And as I mentioned, the first thing, when you're open, you need to knock down shots, right? <laughs> you're playing with right, older right. players. Yeah. You're not going to be often the best ball handler. You're not going to be able to drive all the way to the basket. So I think you get so many positives out of playing with older players. And I encourage, you know, in sixth grade, once you're, you're old enough, you're not going to get hurt. But when once you start maturing and you're able to play with the eighth, ninth graders, you're a ninth grader. Find every opportunity after your ninth grade practice, hang around and see if the varsity needs an extra player for practice or mm -hmm. open gym. Um, you know, I, I think that's can really help players games. I think so many players now get stuck into this mode of uh, just individual workouts all day and doing the newest cool uh, workout and working on a different move. And you don't, it's, you don't get the same translation always when, as you would get if you were playing in a game, you know, getting a feel for the game. Uh, so shooting number one, getting a better feel by playing with older players, I think would mm. be number two. And then uh, I think team defense, you know, is something that can really be taught at a younger age and can really be improved. Um, you know, I, I made a YouTube video recently talking about being a great defender and something that every single player can control is taking pride. You should try to be the best team defender on your team because that's all mental, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We would love to be 
the Kawhi Leonard and be six foot eight with huge hands and athletic ability and be able to slow down LeBron James. But the truth is, based on your physical ability, your your quickness level, you might be limited on how much you can really defend on the ball. However, there's no excuse to be late on help side defense. There's no excuse to not call out screens, um, to talk about situations on defense. Hey, this is another great thing about playing pickup. Playing ones and twos, hey, guys, you know, we're down, uh, you know, they need a two to win, right? We're playing to 11, it's nine up. I'm talking to my teams. I'm being a great team defender. No twos, no twos. We're switching every screen. And so I always took a ton of pride in that. Um, as a coach, I never get on my players when they get blown by on the ball. You know, that's something that I don't know if I'm very unique in that. I don't get mad at the players that get scored on because they don't, they didn't mean to get scored on. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, right. And, and yeah, yeah, we can get in the gym afterwards and we can do some weightlifting. We can teach some techniques. We'll watch some film. Hey, you know, now if it's something like he's left-handed, we've let him go left three times, you know, okay. That's something maybe different, but yeah. in general, if a player is trying his hardest, which they usually are in a game, I'm going to get more upset about the help defense, you know, those are the reasons that we got scored on more so than the guy guarding the ball because he's doing everything he can. So uh, kind of in a long-winded answer, I'd say players need to become better shooters. I've never, you know, I just watched a high school game yesterday. Good player that we're looking at recruiting. He had 20 points, um, kind of a combo guard. But I texted my coach afterwards and I said, I don't know if he shoots it well enough. And mm. if you get to higher and higher levels wow. – you're not going to be able to get to the all get all the get all the way to the basket. You have to develop your outside shooting ability um, because it's your athletic ability is going to hit a peak, mm-hmm. um, but your shooting can continue to improve and improve. And not only to be able to knock down shots, but also to create closeouts. You know, if you're not yeah. going to shoot it, you're able to create a closeout and drive by the guy. Um, but yeah, I told my head coach, I said, I don't, I like him. He can handle the ball. He's quick. But I don't know if his shooting is going to translate over here. And uh, so shooting, I think, is extremely important. Playing with older players as much as you can to get a better feel for the game. And then number three, becoming the best team defender. If you're a, a player listening to this, you know, there's no reason why you should not be the best team defender on your team. There's no excuse for it. And if you're a coach, I encourage mm-hmm. you to really get on your help defense a lot more than the player guarding the ball. I like that. Again, yeah. it's it's not you know he's doing yeah. all he can. You know, that's but a really where's good the point. help at? You know, where's the help? No, that's I, I love that. Sorry to interrupt, but I, yeah, that's a really good point about the help defense and get on the help defense a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You mentioned a lot about scrimmaging pickup games, okay? Which I think when you and I were growing up, and you're I'm a little bit older than you. That's all we did. I mean, literally every day we were outside doing, you know, pickup games all the time. We didn't need a gym. We played outside. You know, we had our one pair of tennis shoes that we wore inside and outside, right? (laughs) And uh, are we playing too many organized games as, as a whole? And you know what I'm talking about, AAU type of style. Is that, are they... Yeah, I'll just maybe leave it at that and you can, can maybe just address it how you want to address it. I think yes and no, and I'll I'll mm-hmm. break it down. I think yeah. if a, you know, 
I think kids like to find reasons to maybe be lazy. So I played my AAU mm. game this this Saturday. I yeah. better I'm I'm taking Sunday off, coach. I I played you know two games this this weekend already. Um, however, I don't believe you can ever really play too much. <laughs> uh, this isn't a sport where you're you're going to be so worn down that you can't. I, I never could recall a day in my life when I was a player where I was just too worn out to play. Yeah. You know, the yeah. whole thing yeah, in the yeah, NBA yeah. now, what what, is, what do they call it? Uh, where they can't, they take a day off, uh, you know, for rest. I forget the right. term that they use. But it, it wasn't a thing in the NBA back in the day. And it should right. definitely not be a thing as you're growing up as a player. So I don't think you can play too much. I think – if anything, you can become too much of a workout player. You know, oh, no, nah, guys, mm. I'm not going to play pickup today. I got my workout with my trainer later on. You know, I'm not buying it. You know, a real yeah. player, you do it all. You know, um, like you said, I mean, you should be playing as much as possible. Oh, we've only got nine. Okay, we'll play four on four. We'll play three on three, and we'll have a team ready to sub in. You know, I, you cannot simulate game like – movements game like feel for the game in you know those one-on-one instructions and drills um and i think you know you kind of asked about maybe aau being too much you know i didn't play aau growing up we didn't really have it in my area so all i did was play pickup all the time yeah um now if, if if i could go back and we had it i would certainly play in aau but like i said it would not stop me from continuing to play in addition to it i think Playing is good, especially if you're not, you know, sitting on the bench. Now, if you're traveling and you're sitting on the bench and you're just there to have a name on your chest and, you know, be part of the team, you know, you're better off going and finding pickup games somewhere else. Um, but no, I, I don't think you can play too much as long as you're not getting in your head that, okay, I did enough, you know, a, a player mm-hmm. that cares about it. You should be playing your AU on Friday, Saturday, and you should figure out where are the pickup games on Sunday, you know, if you're a player, you should know within a 30 to 45 minute radius, especially if you can drive, mm-hmm. where are all the pickup games? What time do they start? And I'll say this, here's a tip for you younger guys. If you're in ninth grade, eighth, ninth grade, it was a high, high priority for me in eighth, ninth grade to find a friend that was already driving that played basketball. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. have my my That's license yet. Yeah. I quickly yeah. figured out who else cares about basketball like I do, and that person became one of my best friends, no doubt about it. And yeah. suddenly I'm telling him, we're playing over here. Let's go over here. This is where we're going. Give him some gas money, and now you got to ride. You know, there's no excuse to – and you know, be be, and that's why it's important to be able to play with older players. They're they're not going to want to take you with you with them if uh, you can't hang with the big boys. But yeah, play with them early on as much as you can, and then they're going to take you. You know, we would sneak into uh, you know, I grew up in Woodland, California, which is about 20, 25 oh, minutes yeah. from uh, UC Davis. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it was ninth, tenth grade, and me and my buddies were sneaking into the Davis Rec Center playing with grown men you know, as much as we could at least once or twice a week. And so I, I, you know, I know I gave you another long answer, but I I don't believe you can play too much, especially with games. I think players need to be careful that they don't have this mindset of being too tired. You know, 
I mean, I, I lift weights every day now and in order to maximize my weight gain, they say, take a day off. And even that's a struggle for me from a mental standpoint, mm. basketball wise, there's just no excuse to not be playing every day. Um, you know, I think, well, yeah, I, I think about the, I think of my younger days, you know, you, you know, of course we didn't have, we didn't have a phone in our pocket, mm. right. But everybody just happened just to we met i don't know how yeah, we organized it it was just every just everybody knew we we're gonna go play right or even if it's just at the very least one-on-one right yeah. i remember playing this is one of my fondest memories um there was this uh we would do i didn't even know how we did this it was a, a one of the dads loved to play um and so we would i think it, a lot of times it ended up being two on two or a lot of times two on one it was the two younger guys versus the dad right and we would play for hours just the three of us, sometimes four, right? If we could find a four, but we didn't yeah. make an excuse, right? Oh, we only have three players, right? Yeah. It's like, no, we're going to go out and play. And we played, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. I think in you, you hit Good around experience. the nail, yeah. regardless of the numbers, one-on-one is great. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the best. Play one-on-one, play one-on-one from top of the key, play one-on-one starting from the free throw line, play one-on-one with a dribble limit, play mm-hmm. one-on-one in the post. We'd play... Even as a guard, we're going to start in the post. Just roll the ball to yourself, and you're starting the post, and you have a dribble limit. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, I want to tell players out there, don't be afraid to play outside. You know, I mean, we did it <laughs> right. all the time right. growing up. Yeah. We didn't have access to these indoor gyms. It's not going to ruin your knees. If you fall down, you're going to be tougher. There's just no excuse. Um, find find out where you can play, even if it's outdoors, and go play. It'll make you a better shooter if you can shoot outside as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, amen to that. Well, Coach, this has been amazing. I appreciate your time uh, today. Uh, any last words? And then uh, also, where can coaches find you? Yeah, I guess just as far as last words, you know, speaking to players, like I, I'm going to reinforce again, any players yeah. watching, play as much as possible. Become great at shooting. It's never going to mm-hmm. hurt your game. And uh, as far as coaches go, you know, going back to just kind of think about your team identity from the beginning, figure out what kind of players you have and uh, really reinforce that on a consistent and constant basis. And then, yeah, where you can find me, I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, my, I don't know if you can post it or something, but yeah, my, yeah we'll they, definitely put it in the show notes. Yeah. But it's my first name, Sam, the number one, and then new ski. So N E W S K I. And then I'm also really active. I've started a a YouTube channel to really, really kind of cater towards middle school and uh, junior high kids talking about shooting, different fundamentals. But I've also started kind of making more videos that also help, I think, coaches as well. And so uh, my YouTube channel is uh, Shot Doctor, at Shot Doctor. And uh, I've actually just posted a rebounding video, and uh, I'm going to kind of follow that one up with actual uh, Colorado State film. I got it from 2013, Coach. Still yeah. a film of uh, what I call the best rebounding drill ever created. And we did it for about 30, 40 minutes every day at Colorado State. Oh, and wow. So I'm just now kind of working on breaking that up, explaining it, and I'll be posting that on YouTube. And that's definitely going to be kind of, you know, focused for uh, more for coaches to implement that in their practices. Yeah. Well, let me know when that's ready. We'll uh, we'll share that out with the group too. Uh, but we'll put all the your information in the 
uh show notes that's amazing that you got shock doctor that's my nickname by the way so <laughs> self yeah no i appreciate that coach thank you again for your time this has been absolutely amazing i'm looking forward to see where you uh see where you go from here uh and maybe we'll we'll talk at the end of your first season once you get rolling too so let's keep in touch absolutely well thank you for your time and uh as I said, you know, I'm real active on Twitter. I love talking hoops with anybody out there. And, uh, yeah, follow us. Uh, that's another thing. Let me throw that out there. Follow my program, Southeast Arkansas Community College. We are a new program. We're just working on getting the athletic side up there. But we do have some social media, and uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be out there. What's the mascot? We are the Sharks. Sharks. There we go. Okay, well, go Sharks. Yes, sir. All right, coach. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you. Okay. Sports Social Podcast Network.